0: Here we are, Locked On NFL, alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We are taking you around the league daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Matt is a must-follow at Williamson NFL. Today we'll be making our picks for all of the games aside from Thursday Night Football and recapping Thursday Night Football, which means uh, really the big story here is Patrick Mahomes. And I think we should just jump right into that, Matt. Patrick Mahomes... Still awaiting word officially on the MRI, but from what I've been able to gather, looks like a dislocated kneecap, which is a minimum three-week injury. If surgery is needed, this could be six to eight weeks. Wow. And that would likely put Mahomes out until December.
1: Yeah, it's obviously huge news. Um, I kind of look at it like it's good news. I mean, the way he was laying on that lineman, and then they come over and pop it back in, and I'm like, oh, no, I mean, he might be out for a long time, and I'm immediately thinking, wow, the AFC without Mahomes, Ben, Luck, you know, like, can we just put the Patriots in the Super Bowl now? You know, And hopefully it is only a three-week situation. Even if it were six-ish, I still probably would take the Chiefs to win that division, don't you think? I mean, from where they're at now and – I mean, the Broncos aren't going to win it, I can tell you that.
0: Yeah, I think so, and it was pretty obvious there, even with Matt Moore in the game. He performed well after replacing Mahomes. 10 of 19 for 117 yards, the one long touchdown strike to Tyreek Hill. I love that play design. Uh, It just, that shallow crossing route where he turns it up the field. On the broadcast, they were wondering if he did that on his own. I think that was completely designed and uh, very hard to defend. I think we've seen something like that from the Chiefs before this season. Uh But, uh, yeah, the The Broncos, they didn't score after the first drive of the game. Joe Flacco sacked nine times. Denver was one for 13 on third down. So just thoroughly dominated, even with Matt Moore in there. And the Chiefs, I think if you take a positive away from the game, you nailed it on the first one. This isn't a torn ACL. Even if it is a couple of months, he can come back still this season and be ready for a playoff run. And Matt Moore at least for the time being looked good. They've got to try to find a replacement. Maybe we can find that player for the chiefs. And I think we should do an upcoming with the trade deadline looming might be more fun trade deadline than normal. You know, maybe mock up some trades and some things we'd like to see around the league. I mean, we could find an extra backup for them, but it looks like it's, it's going to be Matt Moore. And at least for this week against the Broncos, he looked okay replacing Mahomes. And if he has to do it for a few weeks, I think the chiefs are going to be fine. And I think they should still win that division.
1: I think so too. And You could do worse than Matt Moore. I mean, he's a veteran. You would think, you know, now Tyreek's back. They're going to have a wealth of weapons. Um, Andy Reid will scheme things up. Of course, he won't be one-tenth as dynamic as Mahomes. But I think you could do worse. And, I mean, what we said often leading into this game was, man, these are teams going different directions. Short week in Denver. This is exactly the way you want to play Kansas City. And I didn't come away from that game with or without Mahomes saying, "Wow, Kansas City's a juggernaut." I came away going, "Denver's a disaster." I mean, <laughs> Joe Sacco. I mean, he just, yeah, the line was bad. Don't get me wrong, but wow, he's just a deer in headlights and can't get out of the way and it's playing afraid. I mean, that was an embarrassing performance by the Broncos' offense.
0: Yeah, and if when we were previewing, you said, "Oh yeah," and in the second quarter they're going to lose Mahomes. And they mm-hmm. still win that one running away, thirty to six. Uh, a couple <laughs> right. of, a couple like, of, what four st-
1: do you want? <laughs>
0: exactly. A couple of uh, <laughs> stat notes here on how bad the offense was and, and how good the, the Chiefs' defense was. Whichever way you want to look at it, uh, that Chiefs' D. Let's see. Frank Clark, Anthony Hitchens, and Alex Okafor each had two sacks and a forced fumble, and so that contributed to the Kansas City's nine sacks. And they are the first team with a trio to each record two plus sacks and a forced fumble in the same game since the Ravens trio of Terrell Suggs, Darius Thomas, and Peter Bulware back in 2003. So that's how much um, the Chiefs were able to get after Flacco and that Broncos offense.
1: And I don't mean to take anything away from the Chiefs, D. I mean, and I think it's very encouraging that Frank Clark is back to playing like they needed him to. You know, they invested heavily in that guy. So, but I, I just came away from that game thinking, boy, Denver's a disgrace tonight.
0: Yeah, and Clark had been pretty disappointing. And I, I yeah. had um, the hosts from Locked On Chiefs on the Locked On Forty Nine ers show earlier in the preseason uh, talking about D. Ford, and they thought that was going to be a massive upgrade. And so far, D. Ford had outplayed Frank Clark, and so it looked like maybe the Chiefs hadn't made a great decision there. But for them, it's very nice to see Frank Clark show up in that game, and it looks like the Chiefs are gonna be okay. But we're still awaiting that MRI and it could be on the bad side of the but it's not an ACL, it's not a, a year long injury. So that's good news, I guess, for the Chiefs.
1: Yeah. But I think we can't overstate that as us as fans and as our listeners, man, I mean, it's it's not like quarterbacks aren't being protected, but look how many have gone down. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mentioned Crazy. some before, including Luck, who retired, but breeze. And I mean, there's so many huge name, Hall of Fame type guys that aren't playing.
0: What's interesting is we saw it with Matt Moore, Teddy Bridgewater, Kyle Allen. The replacements are playing well, which is the most mm-hmm. strange part of the of losing all of these quarterbacks. And Jacoby Brissett. it looks like the Colts might be in position to make the playoffs in the AFC without Andrew Luck. It's a wild time in the NFL, and you would think that all these teams with their big-time quarterbacks going down almost none of the teams have suffered hugely because of it.
1: No, I guess you're right. I mean, my Steelers might have. But <laughs> There's the one, the, yeah. Uh,
0: We've, yeah, I think we found the one
1: there in bad they'd shape. They'd probably be in a little bit better shoes with seven, but with Ben <laughs> behind center. But, no, for the most part, you're right. I mean, Jacksonville and Minshew, um, Daniel Jones might be an upgrade over Eli. You know, Bridgewater's held his own for sure. You mentioned a few. I don't know that losing Trubisky is necessarily a tragic loss, but they were fine without him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it hasn't been catastrophic, and I don't think it'll be catastrophic for Kansas City, but I'd rather watch Mahomes than Matt Moore.
0: It hasn't been catastrophic yet. It's still the first half of the NFL season. We'll see how those things turn out, but yeah, the quarterbacks and and them going down, I think, has absolutely been the storyline of this NFL season. Let's take a peek at the rest of week seven schedule, shall we? This podcast is brought to you in part by Roman. The folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer-lasting sex. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? Put that knowledge to use. If you're listening to this show, you're obviously a well-informed Football fan, make yourself a little cash with my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is. The best time of year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Okay, Rams at Falcons. The new look Rams shaking things up this week. Los Angeles at three and three. They'll be on the road in Atlanta to face the 1-5 and Falcons. I think it's a good week for the Rams to have shaken things up and have maybe a get-right game against the Falcons who are playing as bad as just about anybody in the league right now.
1: Yeah, they really are. And there's two or three games that stick out as start all your fantasy guys. You know, guns a-blazing. And I think this is absolutely one of them. I don't know that either one of these teams will have to run that much. Um, Atlanta is traditionally better at home, but I still think they're about to get steamrolled here by the Rams. That I, I, the Rams have plenty of problems. We've talked a lot of Rams this week with the Jalen Ramsey trade, um, but I think that invigorates you too. You know that gives you a, a little bit of a, an initial momentum. That boy, this team is—they're you know, dedicated to winning. I, I think they go into Atlanta and crush the Falcons, and the Falcons D is just
0: humiliated. And the Rams have said they don't know how much Ramsey's going to be able to play or how much they're going to be able to use him. Uh, I got to believe he's going to be in there every single snap of the game because you're you traded away Marcus Peters. Aqib Talib is on uh, IR now. So what do you do if you're the Rams? You got to cover those guys and, and the still they have Matt Ryan, they still have, you know, a, an offense that can put up some points on you. So you don't want to be the Rams and, and not play the guy you just traded for and then get, you know, steamrolled by a team in Atlanta and then drop to three and four on the season or anything like that because they still have some talent on offense there in Atlanta so they're you know you, you gotta you, if you're the Rams this is still a must-win situation for you right now and you made the big trade oh, put yeah. him out there and, and put them on Julio and just say look we're gonna play we're gonna simplify things we're gonna do whatever go cover Julio and then we'll figure out the rest
1: yeah I mean when they made this trade it really indicated to me that they're gonna get back to playing a lot more man coverage so in this one Either you stick him on Julio or you stick him on Ridley and double Julio, which is probably the better approach. Mm-hmm. But just simplify things and say, you got him.
0: Sticking in the NFC West, we've got the 5-0 and San Francisco 49ers on the road in Washington. A revenge game for the Shanahan family. The Shanahan's getting fired in 2013 and numerous assistants that are currently on the 49ers staff. Running backs coach Bobby Turner and, and a few other guys and I don't think the Redskins should present a huge problem for the 49ers, but this is a West Coast team traveling east, playing at that 10 a.m. Pacific time start.
1: That's like the only speed bump I see here. You know, I mean, we did power ranks. I had the Niners won. I think Washington was 30. It has like a Game of Thrones revenge feel to it. That You know, <laughs> you, you fired my daddy and me and all my friends, and now I'm going to torture you to no end in, the, <laughs> in a Game of Thrones type manner. And I think they just keep running and running and embarrass the Redskins in their own building and show the world that what a bad
0: organization they are. I agree there. It's a 10-point spread, and I think I would even take or give away those 10 points and take the Niners alone. Yeah. Let's go to the Dolphins at Bills. 0-5 Dolphins on the road in Buffalo. 4-1 Bills playing big-time defense, and the Bills at home favored by 17. That's a big line for a game that I don't think is going to score big, so I might... Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. You can't really say take the Dolphins, but 17 points is a lot for a game that might not go over 17 total points. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. I, I'm not sure the Dolphins score in this one. I mean, 17 uh, is a good number. I hadn't looked at the lines yet. Bill's coming off a bye fresh. I mean, uh, I think they'll be able to do pretty much whatever they want when Miami has the ball. I mean, they're, they are not going to be able to move the ball at all. They're not going to be able to block the Bills. But will the Bills get to seventeen or twenty? You know, I mean, I, I uh, maybe not. You know, they might just keep giving it to Singletary and Gore and totally controlling the game, but winning fourteen three when it's done or seventeen
0: three. It's a good line, right? And so avoid that line. Take the under on the over under of forty one. I think on that one.
1: Oh yeah, that's a big number for. I don't think my Miami, Miami's not going to get to ten points.
0: I agree. Let's go to Cincinnati. The two and four Jaguars. They are on the road in Cincinnati to face the O and six Bengals.
1: I think the Bengals are shot. I mean, they're the second worst team in the league, in my opinion. They don't really have a home field advantage at this point. It might be a disadvantage with the Boo Birds. Their line's really bad. How are they going to get the Jags blocked? You know, they have backup corners at this point. I mean. I think Minshew will move the ball, Fournette will move the ball. I'll gladly take the Jags in a not-competitive game.
0: Right. It's only four and a half points. I would. I, yeah. I think the Jags are going to win by more than four and a half, just because Cincinnati has just no—I I can't really trust them in, on any level of their team. I have no idea what that team could do to win a football game right now.
1: Right, right. I mean, if they were playing the Dolphins, I might pick them, but other than that, I don't know what the—their their defense is horrific.
0: And I might even pick the Dolphins at home. That's how bad those teams are. <laughs> yeah, you know? Just give me that yeah. extra three-point bump. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the Vikings at Lions. This should be a much better football game here. The 4-2 and two Vikings. They're on the road in Detroit to face the 2-2-1 two, two and one Lions. Minnesota favored by just two points in this one.
1: Yeah, this is a tough one. I don't have a great feeling for it. I, I, or the Lions... How they handled that loss last week. I mean, I bet they come back roaring. And you would think the Lions would be really tough to run on with all the beef they have in the middle of their D-line. But you can stretch them out and attack the perimeter, which is exactly what Dalvin Cook in that running game does. You know, you're going to get Slay on Thielen or Diggs, but then the other guy's going to be a problem. You know, Cousins is playing a little better. The vikings lines playing a little better. I like how Stafford's playing. It's at home. I think the Vikings is the slightly better
0: team, though, and I'll give you the two. I think I'm going to take the home dog Lions here because I just like the way they're playing. They've played everybody tough, and as well as the Vikings have played, they also showed that they're a beatable football team. So I'm going to go Detroit on this one, but this is going to be a fun one to tune into at the 10 a.m. time slot.
1: Yeah, and I feel for the Lions. We talked a lot about that Monday night situation, but if they lose another one in the division, it might be curtains for the Lions.
0: True. Yeah, very true. Because this, I mean, they only have two losses, but they only have two wins with that tie. It's going to get very difficult in the NFC North. Yeah. The Oakland Raiders, three and two right now, currently sitting at a pretty second place in the AFC West. Can they gain ground on the Kansas City Chiefs without Mahomes, depending on how long he's out? Unfortunately, they're in Green Bay facing the five and one Packers this week. Does the uh, Cinderella story end for the Oakland Raiders here?
1: I tend to think so, but, uh, you know, according to like my power ranks, I'm not blown away and with the Packers, and they're going to be playing with, like, Alan Lazard as their top receiver. You know, like, they're and not in the greatest situation either. You know, the Raiders have been playing very efficient, mistake-free football in the run and pass game, I, I, and in the Packers' run defense isn't great. Uh, Josh Jacobs would have to have a day, you know I mean? He'd have to really be the dominant driving force, but in the end, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers over Josh Jacobs and
0: Lambeau. Yeah. This one's all about the running backs. If you're going to play some fantasy folks, uh, this is, this is the battle of the undrafted wide receivers. The number one receiver on each team could be Keelan Dawson, Oakland and Alan Lazard for the Packers, because I just (laughs) saw that Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez Scanley all not practicing today for green Bay.
1: Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, it's not the worst matchup in the world to to try to do battle, you know, at home against the Raiders under those circumstances. But man, they better get those guys healthy quick. You know, we talked about the the state of the NFC North, and it, it should be easy for teams to catch up to Green Bay.
0: Absolutely. Here's a good one in the AFC. We've got the Houston Texans. They are on the road at the Colts. Texans four and two. Colts three and two. And they've got Indy at home favored by one in this one. I can't wait to watch this contest.
1: Yeah, it it surprises me a little that the Colts are favored, but I don't think this is a very good matchup for the Texans because I think the Colts will be pretty basic on defense, keep things in front of them, don't allow the big play. And I think the Texans D, especially up front, you know, with, with Quentin Nelson and company, are going to be pretty susceptible to the run game, so I think you're going to get a lot of Marlon Mack and wearing this group down. But, I mean, if you're going to give me a point, and I think that Houston is the better team, better quarterback, more dynamic on offense, I bet they spring loose a couple times. And this might be DeAndre Hopkins' game. You know, that... Maybe they don't allow the big play, but Hopkins ends up with 10 catches for 112 and a touchdown, just out route after out route, just picking people
0: apart. I like the Texans in this one for some of the reasons you laid out. And Deshaun Watson, I fully believe in him. I think he could take that step. And maybe he did last week already in in really inserting himself in the MVP conversation. And if you want to be the MVP, you've got to go beat a team like this in your division, on the road, to go win a football game. So I'm going to bet on that happening for Deshaun Watson and the Texans in this one.
1: That is going to be a fun one, though. And and obviously, big playoff ramifications, too. Both could end up in the playoffs.
0: This is why NFL Red Zone channel is so important for me with these early games. And you got multiple games you want to watch that aren't in my time zone that wouldn't be on local TV. Oh, that's great, man. You get to see all the scores from all these <laughs> games. I love it. I can't live yeah, without I- that. Now, if that goes away, I would know what to do with myself on Sunday mornings. Oh, I know.
1: I I always have, if the Steelers are on, I have them on the big screen and then Red Zone on my uh, iPad. If the Steelers aren't playing at that specific time slot, then I have Red Zone on all the time, and then I just pick some random game or whatever game I'm most focused on, stick that on the iPad. So it's a a good system.
0: Yep, that's the way you do it. That's beautiful. All right, we got some more games to get to. We'll break down the rest of week seven schedule. The Arizona Cardinals, they've won a couple of games, even though they are, I think, 29 on your power rankings, Matt. Two, three, and one. They're in New York, facing another team with two wins, the two and four, Giants.
1: Also, a one o'clock start, which is the same as that Niner-Redskins situation. I don't love that for a young Cardinals team, that's for sure. But boy, this game's fun. I mean, for a, a bad team matchup, I mean, you're getting... The first overall pick quarterback against the sixth overall pick quarterback. And Barkley's back. It looks like Shepard's going to play. And Ingram has the best tight end matchup in the history of the world. And Tate's back. And Larry, there's going to be no answer at all for Larry. And I think David Johnson goes crazy. And I think this is just going to be a super entertaining game. I I don't know who wins. (laughs) And I don't really care, to be honest with you. I don't think either of these teams are going anywhere. I just think there's going to be points galore fantasy madness I'll take the Cardinals because I think they're a little further along in their development but I don't really feel strong about that at all and I wouldn't touch it from a betting perspective
0: right yeah that game could go wild in any direction I do like the Giants just being at home and I think they've you know, get Saquon Barkley back and just have a little bit more of a game at home with the West Coast team traveling east. And it's the second highest over under the Rams Falcons is at 54 and this game at 51. So the sports books are definitely on the same page as you, Matt. Let's move on to the late afternoon games. And we've got, Sa- gosh dang it, I cannot not call them the San Diego Chargers. The Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers, they're on the road in Tennessee to face the Titans. Both teams coming in 2 and. Four.
1: Yeah, I did a lot of homework, obviously, on the Chargers because they just played Pittsburgh, and then, of course, watched that game. I don't think they're in a good place, and I think their offensive line is really, really problematic, and when they face a good front, that they're going to really be in an uphill climb, and the Titans absolutely have a good front. They have the cover guys to hang with the Keenan Allens and Mike Williams and all that, and Rivers is looking a little gun-shy. In the Titans' building, this is another one where I think you get a quick bit, you know, blast of adrenaline with the new quarterback, but this screams under, whatever the over-under number is. I'll take the Titans to win.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty low and 41 over-under Titans favored by two and a half here. It's sort of the opposite of that Cardinals-Giants game where that's just a happy-go-lucky game with a couple of the teams nobody expects anything from. This is a couple of teams that people expected something out of before the season. And you just both in that mode where you, you don't trust them anymore. And you got Tannehill now starting. Maybe that invigorates the Titans and they're at home. So I'll take Tennessee for that reason. But a couple of really disappointing teams there in the Titans and Chargers.
1: Yeah. And I get the feeling like loser or leave town match. You know, whoever, <laughs> right. if you lose this one, you might be out of it yeah. in a terrible conference
0: still. Like it might be curtains, right? The new Orleans saints, the Teddy Bridgewater Saints continue to roll five and one. This is a, a nice afternoon matchup. They're going to face a stout defense in Chicago against the Bears, who come in at three and two. I believe this is the lowest over/under on the week at thirty-eight points, and yeah, uh, makes sense. the Bears at home favored by three and a half.
1: Whew, three and a half? I'll take the points. Do I want the Saints to win? I wish I knew if Kamara was playing because recording this at noon Eastern on Friday, he looks highly questionable. And to me, that's a deal breaker because Teddy's playing great, fine. But the Bears are coming off a bye, slow track. This is going to be a a whoever runs the ball better situation. And Kamara brings so much more to the table than that. Two of the best defenses in the league. I'm hoping Trubisky looks better after the the layoff and – I hope we see more David Montgomery as a foundation. But Lattimore, I think, will lock down Allen Robinson, who I'm a big fan of, but I don't expect him to do much of anything. Really low scoring. Like, first one to 17 wins. Just doesn't seem like the environment where Bridgewater thrives and, you know, starting to feel like fall and windy and slow track. I'll take the Bears to win, like, 17-16. But if you're going to give me three and a half on either one of these teams, I would take the points.
0: I think you nailed it. This is a bad matchup for the Saints, the way this game could play out if Kamara doesn't play because Bridgewater doesn't stretch the ball down the field at all and they could just get smothered and that game just gets so condensed on offense for the Saints and he doesn't have his outlet and his guy to to really run the offense through and Alvin Kamara, that could get ugly. So I do like the Bears in this one. Three and a half, though, against a team like the Saints who are still pretty good across the board. Oh, this yeah. is a tough one. I don't know which way to go. I think I'll take those three and a half.
1: I think the Bears need it more, and this isn't exactly advanced analytics or anything, but it feels like the Saints are due without their top quarterback to stumble yeah. against a quality opponent. You know, they've come up on the on the, the good side against some good teams. In this environment, I think they fall a little short, and we don't say, Boy, the Saints are in trouble. We say, Yeah, that's a tough game, you know?
0: Right, yeah. And I think Saints fans have said, Hey, Teddy's going to take you four and one. You're going to lose one on the road in Chicago. Be like, Yes, please give us that. We will take that. We will take that. I'm in, right. We've got the Baltimore Ravens at four and two in Seattle, facing the five and one Seahawks. I have a feeling the Ravens might run into a little bit of a buzzsaw in Seattle, a really tough place to play. Seahawks favored by three. I think I'll take that, even though I do like the Ravens. I think defensively, though, uh, is where they have struggled. We'll see if Marcus Peters jumps in there and is able to make a big play on a team he's very familiar with playing against in the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Yeah, I like Seattle on this one, too. Um, I'm a huge Lamar fan, but I think going to Seattle, probably without Marquise Brown, the first time you've been there, is a little overwhelming, and I think a lot will be asked of Lamar because I expect this one to be a shootout as well. I'm not real fond of Seattle's defense, especially their secondary, Um, and I'm really not fond of Baltimore's defense. And both these quarterbacks are playing well. Wilson, it goes without saying. Um, I expect a lot of points, but I think Seattle wins by a touchdown or so.
0: Yeah, the question here is, Is it more of an advantage for Lamar Jackson to face Seattle when they haven't seen a player quite like him or for the Seahawks when Lamar Jackson hasn't played in a place quite like Seattle?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And I do think the Wagners and Wrights and Pete Carroll probably won't be blown away by the challenges the Ravens present, you know, offensively, that they should be able to handle it pretty well for a team seeing him the first time
0: and they play a sound brand of football and i think that's what right. it takes to beat someone like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Let's go to the primetime game Sunday night. Another good one here, Eagles and Cowboys. Both teams 3 and 3, both teams in the NFC East. This is going to go a huge way and and record wise both teams coming in at 500. I think we believe they're both above that 500 line. They're two of the teams that deserve To be in that playoff picture, that division right now, though, it's only going to be, it looks like one team, and this game is going to go a long way into deciding who that one team is that gets into the playoffs. Eagles at Cowboys. I can't wait to watch this one Sunday night.
1: Yeah, and I don't have a great feel for it. I think it'll be a very competitive game with a lot on the line for an October matchup, like you said. um, Go a long way to winning that division. Man, but no, I mean, the Eagles secondary is so porous, and everyone is throwing all over those guys, but this passing game is not the same without Amari, and Randall Cobb probably isn't going to play. I don't think either one of those dudes is going to play. I kind of just trust Wentz to get one here, but that isn't exactly the most scientific thinking. Um, I think Jordan Howard kind of stabilizes things, as does Elliott. Two good lines. Man, it's going to be a very fun game to watch, but I'll take the Eagles like 21-20.
0: As of the time we've recorded this, we don't have practice reports yet, but Jason Garrett did say he expects Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb to both practice, which would mean they're on track to play, which I think is enough for me in this sort of a coin flip and with the Cowboys at home to definitely take the Cowboys right now favored at two and a half. And it's funny because when we did our projections of the playoffs, I took the Eagles, but I'm starting to rethink that because I'm going to take the Cowboys in this game, which would mean I would definitely have to take Cowboys over the Eagles when you uh, when you look at the the rest of the season because of how important this game is.
1: Yeah, and that Cooper news is enough for me to take the Cowboys too just because he beats up on – he's really playing well. And if he's healthy and is, a, is himself, that passing game takes a huge step forward. He's been beaten up on good corners, let alone the Eagles' corner.
0: And Wentz right now is is sort of not playing at the level he he jumped out as, and, and there's some people starting to point fingers there in Philly, which is always a bad sign.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, I'm glad you brought that up. and I'm not um, saying the opposite way. Well, I kind of am. I, I think Wentz is playing great, to be honest with you. And I just read that the Eagles by far have the most drops in the league they're very slow on offense all of a sudden. They're, they're, that offense is really predicated on having a field stretcher, and Deshaun Jackson being out has hurt them dramatically. So I'm a Wentz apologist, don't get me wrong. Like, I love the dude, yeah. but I think he's taking more heat than he deserves. I don't think it's on him.
0: And his numbers, you know, they don't look great. And no. I think you nailed it with the way the offense has played, and it's sort of a plotting situation right now. And one of their best receivers has been a rookie running back in Miles Sanders in the last couple of weeks. But yeah, the last three weeks, 160 yards passing, 189 yards passing uh, last week, better in the yardage department, but still wasn't able to beat uh, the Vikings in Minnesota, even though he completed 65% of his passes, 360 yards. He'd have two touchdowns, one interception, but yeah, uh, they defense. They can't cover anybody right now. Offense just, still trying to figure things out. And I, it's probably unfair of, of me to put it on Wentz, but that's kind of just what happens in the NFL. And uh, I know well, you're, that's what
1: people are doing. I right. Mean, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, that's, that's the heat he's been taking. I just don't think he's played poorly.
0: Yeah. And, there's, and that's kind of when you can tell what's going on with the team, because uh, I see it on Twitter. So I see Eagles Twitter infighting with each other. Who, who's to blame and pointing their fingers. When you start pointing your fingers at your franchise quarterback, then that's when fans are losing their minds. That's when you know things aren't going extremely well for your football team.
1: No, and you're 100% right, that it might not be the
0: Eagles' year. Um, I thought it was going to be the Eagles' year. Monday Night Football, we don't have to spend too much time on this one, although I do like those Sam Darnold Jets better than the other iterations of Jets we've seen this season. Uh, That was very good news to see him jump back in the lineup and and have their best game of the year last year, getting their first win, but it's the 6-0 Patriots coming to town to face the 1-4 New York Jets.
1: Yeah, and I do think the arrow's pointing up in New York. Big win. I love Darnold, but Robbie Anderson's going to get locked down by Gilmore, and that secondary is going to take away Crowder, and I'm sure they will game plan around Lev Bell quite a bit too, and Darnold will probably not look great, and people will cool off on the, the hype train of him unfairly because it's going to be a real uphill climb, and I'm sure he'll be under a lot of pressure against a great defense. And... Brady will be fine. (laughs) I I like New
0: England here. And I've talked about it a lot, but, man, that Patriots schedule, it's crazy. It's crazy. the, The teams they've faced have two wins, zero wins, one win, four wins in the Bills, one win, two wins, one win. Yeah, so they and faced it one team with a win record, right? Yeah, and then they got Browns, eh, Browns, Ravens, Eagles, Cowboys coming up. So it does get a little bit more difficult. We'll see mm-hmm. uh, who's for real of those teams. I think some things are still getting figured out in all of those cities, but maybe a good time for all of them to face the Patriots because midseason maybe they will have things figured out in say Cleveland or you know Eagles or Cowboys. We'll see if one of them figures things out this week. Then they've got Texans, Chiefs. So things do get more difficult for the Patriots.
1: They do, but they're also. Some of these teams that looked hard to start the season, like you mentioned, the Eagles and Pittsburgh in Week One, ain't what they crack or ain't what they're cracked yep. up to be either.
0: Exactly. All right, uh, we're out of time here, Matt. We'll do it all again Monday, breaking all of these games down right here, locked on NFL. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly.